you knew how, like, I mean, you were there for years. You knew how he was able to manipulate you. You know, even though he had been dating other people the whole time and had like all these women around him at all times, I still felt really, really guilty when I left. And I think that's just a reflection of like the manipulation tactics and the way I was made to feel. And he just got really, really extra verbally on me. I knew I had to get out of the relationship very suddenly, but I didn't really have anything set up for myself. When you heard that he had died, like, what was that moment like? Like, did your just stomach sink? And where were you? This just isn't even appropriate at this point. Let's get into it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here is episode two of my podcast with Holly Madison. So let's get into it. Do you think by definition, he's like a <laughs> Probably. I mean, what, yeah. what else would be a <laughs> with all those things. I mean, he just seems like, uh, you know, and I don't like look at, I don't know if you like look at him in a fully negative way. Um, but like, I don't know, the show did do him well, but it also did kind of like show me how much of like a pervert he is. And then hearing what he'd make you guys do, it just seems like he maybe like was a little mentally ill. Yeah. I, well, I feel like there was a lot of compulsiveness with the whole thing. Like there was just such a routine attached to it and always wanting to like push the limits. Like he dropped that after we started doing the show because all of a sudden his focus was shifted to the show. But there was a lot of like compulsive behavior. Like how many girls can I get to come home from the club with me? Like how young can I go without going under 18? Like how, how many people, how many girls in my group can I get to recruit other people for me? It just seemed very compulsive to me. At some of these parties, would you see minors there and like, I guess, getting drunk and 
I mean, I wouldn't know. I would assume, I think they checked IDs when we walked in. I would have, that's a long time ago that I went to my first yeah. party. I think they checked IDs. I'm actually surprised it wasn't 21 and up because you could, there, there would be a liability there, you know, for mm -hmm. possibly serving somebody under age. I think it was 18 and up, if I remember correctly. I mean, for so many years, I just lived there and wasn't yeah. really. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there were underage people unless. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you never saw any like minors. <laughs> Do you think if you were like in that situation, though, and you saw like a clear like 15 year old girl or something, would you like have like stepped in or were you just kind of like in the motions and just doing whatever I guess have had you guys do next? Um, I mean, I think I would have said something if somebody would have been really visibly young, like the only yeah. people I know that were there that were young were like family members, like Bridget's sister or like mm. kids or people like that. Did you ever see anything like really fucked up going on though, where you like felt like you needed to step in and stop it or say something? Um, I did. Well, I did talk to him about handing out the quaaludes. I said, aren't you afraid? You know, you, you know, you don't know, like you're bringing these people home. You don't know like what else they've been drinking, like something or what else they've been taking, like something could go really wrong. Like, I really feel like a lot of women who are accepting these quaaludes didn't really know exactly what they were and were just kind of like trusting him. And he goes, yeah, that's a thought. <laughs> yeah. And eventually he stopped handing them out. So I don't know if like, Maybe it did hit at some point. Yeah. So I just want to briefly talk about Kendra. I know you can't really speak for Kendra and her experiences, but looking at like what you said, a bunch of other playmates and Bridget, um, it's bizarre that she has had a different experience or that she almost seems like stuck in the Stockholm syndrome where she like still looks up to him in those mm -hmm. ways. I mean, do you have any idea on why you have this different mentality? Yeah, well, I think there's probably like two or three different factors that make things really different for us. I mean, one is she kind of came along at like a better time because by the time she came along, like all the other girls were on their way out. It was just me and Bridget, like we're chill. Like if she would have came along when I came along or when Bridget came along and there were seven girlfriends and everybody was at each other's throats, like she would have been chewed up and spit out like a chiclet, you know? Mm -hmm. It was just like a whole different environment. So right away she's stepping into like a nicer version of what Bridget and I had to deal with in our early days. And also like she was the new girl the whole time. So she was always kind of treated better and like was on like a longer leash, could do a lot more. She was a lot closer to her family lived physically closer. So maybe she didn't feel as isolated as Bridget or I felt because we didn't really have a lot of people nearby. And then also I think after the fact, when I was doing my spinoff and then she was doing hers, we had to work for that same producer who was like one of Hef's closest friends. And when he was doing my spinoff, like anytime I would start to like question how things were or say things to him about how I didn't really think Hef was that great, he would like come right down on you with all the brainwashing and all that. No, you, this is this and that is that. And this is how he is. And, and I know what it feels like. It's hard to explain to an outsider, but I know what it feels like to be working for someone and you're still under this influence and under this like cult, like thinking, and he's watching your every move and every little thing you say and making sure you behave. She worked for him much longer than I did. So I have to imagine there's still a lot of that, like brainwashing and group think and everything that was coming from him so there's a lot of reasons she would act differently but 
I don't think it excuses like some of the ways she's come at me, you know, accusing yeah. me about things that other people besides me have talked about too. Yeah, I think that's some um, like bullshit. And you guys clearly, I you're not like really civil, right? You don't like keep up with her or talk to her or anything. No. Why did like you get a show and then she get a show, but Bridget didn't get a show, right? Bridget did have a show. It was called Bridget's Beaches on Travel oh. Channel. Season. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone got a show, I guess. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so before we talk about like you leaving Playboy, I just want to ask when you heard that he had died, like what was that moment like? Like did your just stomach sink and where were you? I was in Vegas doing a shoot and it was a weird coincidence because I was doing a shoot at this location which had a Playboy pinball machine in it, but I was unaware that there was a Playboy pinball machine inside. I was standing outside and I heard this noise. It was like this little jingle. And I thought, what is that song? And it was like, I knew I knew what it was, but I was trying to place what it was because I hadn't heard it in so long. I was like, is that like the Simpsons theme song? Like, is it like a TV? It sounded like a TV show jingle. And I was trying to place what it was. And it took me forever to realize that it was this song called the Playboy theme, which was, um, a song he had made for a TV show he did back in the fifties. And that was the jingle they use on the pinball machine. So this pinball oh. machine had like gone off when I was standing outside and I thought, Oh, that's weird blast from the past. I haven't heard of that in forever. So then I was flying back to LA later that day. And as soon as the plane lands, I get an email from a reporter who's asking me to comment on half passing away. And I thought that's really weird. Mm -hmm. Did you physically like, like, did you feel like an emotional rush almost? You know, I didn't because my feelings toward Hef had become very flat after I left. Like, I remember when I was still working for the producer on my spinoff, he would often try to get me to get on the phone with Hef when I was like in the office with him for a meeting. And I was like, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him because it freaked me out because I had always had this big built up image in my mind, like this very romantic image of like who Hef was as a person when I was with him. And, you know, several things kind of showed themselves to like shatter that illusion right before I left. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like a weird trauma in and of itself, because it's almost like a weird mental break. And I just felt like I never wanted to talk to half after that, unless it was a scene I was doing for a show where I felt safe because the cameras were around and I was expected to say certain things and he was expected to say certain things because it was almost like I felt like I was talking to like a robot or something because I felt like everything he said to me would not be sincere. It would just be like designed to keep me like from talking shit or to like get what he wanted. So I was just kind of like freaked out by that. It was like my own little weird trauma that came after like kind of like shedding the illusion I had about him. So I, I didn't want to talk to him for so long. And by the time he passed away, we had just been apart for so long and I come to terms with like the person I thought I knew never really existed. So I didn't really have any feelings. Plus there's like, like, I know that sounds crazy, but also there's the fact that he was very old and had been kind of like retreating from public life. So it wasn't super unexpected. Mm -hmm. It was almost Did like somebody that you barely knew in preschool passed away kind of. Yeah. And I think that's, um, like, uh, I think it's really interesting, like psychologically that you didn't want to be around him unless you had like that extra protectors because you knew how, like, I mean, you were there for years. You knew how he was able to manipulate you and yeah. you probably knew in like, in a way too, that if he had the opportunity and you were vulnerable enough, you know, he could try to get you right back in there. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. 
If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So what was, so was that kind of like that last straw, like kind of realizing who he really is and um, how he operates? Is that what got you out of the mansion? Yeah, it was a series of things. I mean, first of all, we had tried IVF and that didn't work. And I always knew that I wanted to have kids. That was something that was very non-negotiable in my life. So when I realized that wasn't going to happen with him, I felt very conflicted because I'd been in this relationship for seven years and been so invested in it. And there was a lot of guilt wrapped up in that relationship. I felt, you know, even though he had been dating other people the whole time and had like all these women around him at all times, I still felt really, really guilty when I left. And I think that's just a reflection of like the manipulation tactics and the way I was made to feel. So I had all this guilt. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I definitely want to have kids in my life. So that doesn't match with being here, but how do I break up this thing? So I kind of went into a depression because of that. And also around the same time, Bridget and Kendra were preparing to leave. And he just got really, really extra verbally abusive on me. I don't know if that's because he didn't have us girls to like play off of each other anymore. And he had to put his drama somewhere. Or maybe he was going through a lot of stress, like financially or in the business world that I just wasn't aware of. Because at that point, I was working at the Playboy studio full time. So I wasn't like hanging around the house as much or talking to Mary and kind of getting like the inside scoop. So there could have been something else going on with him that he just wasn't admitting to me. But it was just all this kind of happening at once, me realizing that I don't really have a future there. And he being really verbally abusive toward me when I was just always trying to do my best toward him and my best at the job I was at, which was a mm -hmm. job working for him. So that was kind of like confusing and traumatic and weird. Yeah, exactly. And then um, after, so when you left the mansion though, did you have kind of like a game plan with E? Like you knew you were going to Vegas, you knew you were going to do this show, or did you like leave and then have to figure it out after? Oh, I had no game plan. Like I had things I wanted to do, but nothing was set in stone. Nothing was guaranteed. It was just all wishful thinking on my part. I was in talks with a show in Vegas called The Crazy Horse Paris at the MGM that I was going to guest star in, but that was not like a guaranteed thing for big money. It was just going to be like a short little blip on the radar guest spot. And I was excited about doing that. And I was going to Vegas for meetings and I found that I really loved Vegas. And I thought about the possibility of maybe moving there or maybe like when Bridget wasn't doing her beaches show, like she and I could live together and do it like a spinoff together or something. So I had these ideas, but nothing that was set in stone or even really pitched or anything like that. So that was confusing to me too and stressful. 
because I knew I had to get out of the relationship very suddenly, but I didn't really have anything set up for myself. At the time, I was just kind of hoping that I could continue working at the Playboy studio and maybe build something else up for myself in Vegas, maybe. Mm-hmm. And how were you like financially at this point? Like, I mean, you were on a show for multiple seasons. So <laughs> did you leave, you know, Playboy Mansion with a decent amount of money to take care of yourself? I did have a little bit of money spent and I put a down payment on a condo that I had originally bought as an investment property. But then I was like, holy shit, I have to move out. I'm going to go move in there before I rent it out. But I still felt very insecure. Like those feelings of financial insecurity don't really go away when I kind of felt like I was on my toes for so long. And I knew that without any income coming in, anything I had saved would go very, very quickly. So it was still pretty stressful. Like I was definitely in a better place than when I moved in, but mm-hmm. I was still stressing myself out. <laughs> we and like are. after leaving in like kind of building this brand for yourself, did opportunity, I mean, the opportunities did present themselves. You ended up going to Vegas and having this show. How, what was like the timing as far as like you left the mansion then was it like a couple years or did you quickly get back to work? I got back to work pretty quickly. I, left Hef in the summer of 2008. And that's when I was in talks to do like the guest starring thing at the MGM in Vegas. But I ended up very quickly getting into a relationship after I left the mansion and he didn't want me in that show. And so I stopped talking to them. And that relationship fortunately was very short and I got out of it and realized I needed to start all over again. And I got Dancing with the Stars right after that, which was just completely a stroke of luck. It was one of their contestants got injured and they needed somebody to come in at the last minute. And because I'd been like hounding them for so long about wanting to do the show, they're like, hmm, who's going to be desperate enough to step in at the last minute? And it was me. But I had an amazing time. And that led to me getting a bigger, better Vegas show than even the one I was in talks to do before. So it was just like a lot of hard work and, you know, going after my dreams. And I was lucky that it fell into place as quickly as it did. Yeah. And so you weren't really single that long, like before, like, you know, after half and then to Chris Angel, do you think that's kind of like, um, maybe because you were, had been in like a relationship for so long, you just like wanted to be in another relationship. So as soon as you like kind of came across him and it felt right, you just jumped into it. Probably, although in my mind at the time, like he was very big on like, you have to move in with me if this is going to be a relationship. And I was thinking that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Like, I'm not going to move in with somebody right away. But then again, I also was already planning on moving to Vegas. So it seemed like convenient. And why not? I really like this guy. And I kind of see that relationship as kind of like a gift from the universe, like showing me what I don't want, because I think it would have been very easy for me to look back on the relationship with Hef and just kind of write it off as like, this is a very eccentric, old, famous, rich person. Like he's very much an outlier. So everything he did was just weird. But then when I get into a relationship right after that mirrors a few of the same themes, mm-hmm. I can now see that as like a relationship thing that I don't want to repeat. So by the time I was done with that, I was like, okay, never again. So it was kind of a gift in a way. Yeah. And then when you did start initially dating him, was it like nice to be, or I guess around someone closer to your age, probably higher energy <laughs> things to do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was 10 years older than me, but compared to half that felt very much closer to my own age. So that was very exciting. Uh, The relationship wasn't perfect with Chris Angel. Looking back on it, like, would you define that as like a toxic relationship? 
definitely toxic. Like I don't think back on it and like hold on to any bad feelings. Like it was a long time ago and I hope he's doing good now. And I feel like the way my life played out, it was just kind of like this weird necessary puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was toxic. <laughs> and and like, it's weird that like the media was so on top of it, I guess, because like, you know, you had just left the Playboy Mansion and like, well, it was kind of a controversial thing. Somebody was feeding some stuff. Really? It yeah. wasn't you though? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> no. I was <laughs> I mean, actually, I was that was- with some of it. Like if I was asked, oh, come on this TV show with me, I very much wanted to be supportive. I would do it, but there was some, another party like feeding a lot of stuff. Did you <laughs> ever like, when he found out that you had moved on and you were dating Chris Angel, like, did you ever hear from Hef or get any reaction or did he like kind of tell you off for that? Well, he was very big on sending us letters after we left and I was moving around a lot. Like I was going back from my condo to my boyfriend's place to finding a new place in Vegas. So I wouldn't get these on time sometimes, but he would send letters to me, to Bridget, to Kendra, kind of like commenting on things we were doing, which was kind of odd. And like the letters were like, okay. Like they were nice letters, but it very much was giving, I'm keeping my eye on you. It was strange. Ugh, when you would like get a letter from him, would you kind of have like the ick when you would see it? You'd be like, oh God, I don't even want to deal with this. Yeah. Well, I was still getting the letters by the time I was like engaged and pregnant and they were coming to my house where like my fiance was and I just wouldn't open them anymore. I'd throw them straight in the trash. Cause I'm like, this just isn't even appropriate at this point. Like, and can you so, imagine like sending update letters to all of your exes, like when they've moved on? <laughs> no. And it just seems like I feel bad for you because I feel like you just can't escape it. It's like, no, like privately, publicly, it's just, there's like this weird cloud of him. And I mean, you know, he's gone now, but I, and I'm honestly glad that there is like a little bit of that relief there or that peace that he's not you here watching your every move or like judging you from afar. Yeah. It was really strange. So going to Vegas, you had this um, show titled Peep Show, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you were like, it was like a burlesque type of show. So what was like, what would you do on stage? Were you with a bunch of dancers and you were kind of like the main girl? Yeah, there were um, singing and dancing numbers. And I was like the main character where I would kind of like weave in and out of all the scenes. And kind of the idea was like, I was a professional woman who was like out of touch with her love life and not in touch with her sensuality. And like in the preview video that I'm in that opens the show, it would show my character falling asleep. And then I go into this dream world where kind of these adult version of fairy tale characters would like do different numbers that would kind of like show me what sensuality was. And then I like meet a guy by the end of it and then I'm confident. So it was like dancing. And at one point later on, I did a singing number but before my main number, it would be a lot of me like weaving through the scenes or like introducing a scene or being shown a scene. Did you like doing it? I loved it. It was the most fun job in the world. It was so much fun. And there were so many talented people I got to work with. It was just such a gift. Did you, did they kind of like use your clout from Playboy to sell that show? Or was this like show kind of like your own thing and not really like, I guess, leveraging, you know, half or any of that to sell? They were always really respectful about like keeping the Playboy stuff out of it. If I wanted it out of it, they just very much focused on me. And the show opened like three months before I joined it. And the original idea of the show was to switch out headliners every three months. Like they started off with two headliners. They had a soap opera actress and uh, Mel B from Spice Girls. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they did that, but then after I joined, it was successful enough that they wanted to keep me on. So it was just a really great home for me for a while. It was exactly what I wanted to do. It was like, a, I went into it wanting to do a burlesque show. And I thought that would be a guest spot in like a little show, but I ended up doing like four years at like this big budget show with like all Broadway talent behind it. And it was so exciting. Wow. So can you explain a little bit about where the show, like the timing of the show and then the timing of your E spinoff? Yeah. So they did overlap, right? They did. I left the mansion in summer of 2008. I opened, I did Dancing with the Stars spring of 2009. I started in Peep Show June of 2009. And at the time, I really wanted to try to do my own spinoff or get a job hosting. I was also... Um, working for extra. I was like the Vegas correspondent for extra. So I was trying hosting, but I also wanted to like try my own spinoff and we were shopping it around different places. Cause at first E was like, we're not doing a show in Vegas, no way. And the producer I was contractually bound to work with, he was like, absolutely not. Like we're not following. You can either come back to the mansion or come back working to playboy or we're not doing anything with you. But then when they saw that I wasn't giving up and I was going around trying to sell it to other places, they finally swooped in and were like, okay, we'll do it. And that the pilot came out, I think December of 2009. So I'd already been doing peep show for like a good six months by the time the pilot came out. So it overlapped and the show followed me and my friends life in Vegas and just all our dynamic and trying to keep mm -hmm. it together as like a Vegas headliner and doing all the other things. Did you enjoy filming that the two seasons? Absolutely. I thought it was a great opportunity. I thought it was super fun, especially season one. Season two was a little bit more troubling. I felt like I was losing, not that I ever really had control, but I felt like I was losing any feeling of control I had because all of a sudden, like the producers putting all these playboy narratives back into it and putting all these playmates in the show because he was hoping they would become popular so he could make more spinoffs about them. And it just wasn't feeling authentic anymore. And the producer also had a lot of demands on me as far as like my love life. Like he really wanted to follow and get everyone I dated at any time on the show. And coincidentally, season two, I had a boyfriend who was a really nice guy and he was a really good sport and would do the show. But season one, that was kind of a problem. Like I was seeing somebody then who didn't want to do reality TV and like the producer wouldn't stop bothering me about it. And I was just like, oh, yeah. So then why did the show, um like, why was the show canceled? Well, E uh, got a new president at one point and she wanted to come in and like make her own changes. And she wanted to get rid of anything that had anything to do with Playboy. So Girls Next Door had already been canceled and the only two spinoffs that were left were mine and Kendra's. So those got canceled when this new president came in. And I was super bummed at the time. I felt like I wasn't done doing what I wanted to do on TV. But looking back, I think it was the best thing. I think that cord needed to be cut between me and the toxic producer and looking back on where the plot lines were going in season two it just was kind of going downhill in my opinion as far as like i think the show was still entertaining but as far as what i was dealing with behind the scenes it was really stressful and just not worth mm -hmm. it how was like the world's reaction to your show do you remember feeling good about it no, I felt really good about it. That was one of the things I really liked about this show is I felt like I was finally being seen for who I was and for being a hard worker and for, you know, my relationships with my friends and things like that. And I was finally moving away a little bit from being defined by my love life. And I felt like it was a lot of positivity. I mean, there's always like negative people out mm -hmm. there, but 
I felt like Holly's world was really well embraced and E had grown so much as a network since Girls Next Door started that it was getting more viewers than Girls Next Door had got. So that felt really good. It felt like such a positive trajectory. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's so impressive how you were able to reclaim your love life because you like, you know, got out of that traumatizing situation. You started dating, you had multiple boyfriends. I think that's super important because you kind of have to like retrain yourself how to mm -hmm. be in a normal functioning relationship. Do you think at, like starting to date after Hugh Hefner, like, did you kind of like notice that you were maybe um, impacted by it in negative ways that you were like, maybe not functioning as a normal partner would? Um, like, were you able to like trust easily or like, did you feel like adverse to control? It sounds like Chris Angel was a little bit like controlling. So then you did not like that. So kind of like red flag. Yeah, I was very adverse to control for sure. Like it would even like the smallest red flag in that direction would really set off alarm bells. And I think even now, like I have to be in a relationship where we both can give each other a lot of space and a lot of independence. And it's important to me to have somebody who like respects what I do and anything I want to pursue and doesn't like nitpick my past to death. You know what I mean? Cause that was a problem too. Like I have a hard time like enmeshing with other people's lives because of my years at Playboy. Cause mm -hmm. I was doing that way too much. And being like a public figure too. It's like, uh, you kind of like established a brand for yourself before you really got to go out and like, you know, embrace your twenties and figure out who you are. So did you mm -hmm. kind of have any of those experiences where you were dating someone and then you're like, mm, I think they're just with me because I'm like Holly Madison. Yeah. It was kind of tricky because back when I had my show in Vegas, like I had billboards all over town. I had this show that was on TV. So I would end up dating guys that I would find out later. Like they made bets with their friends when they saw my billboard, like who could date me first, like that kind of <sighs> stupid thing. Like yeah. people want to date you so they can, talk about like people want to date you as a novelty at that point. You know what I mean? And they're not really taking you seriously. So that was something I had to learn how to weed through pretty quickly. How about friendships? You know, I feel like I've been super lucky in most of my friendships. I mean, there've been like a few bumps in the road, but for the most part, I think after I left the mansion, I was pretty good at being able to tell like who was genuine and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. After Holly's World was canceled, did you ever have a point, because at this point you'd been like a public figure for so long, where you just like want to step back and have a private life? Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Like after I wrote my books, I was like, okay, I've said what I needed to say. I'm done. I just want to like be a mom and like write fiction under a fake name. You know, I don't want anything to do with it. And it was kind of frustrating though, because I heard somebody, this was from the Anna Nicole documentary I just watched. I think it was Marilyn Grabowski said that like once fame finds you, it doesn't let you go. And that might fa sound funny to some people because there was a time when I wasn't doing absolutely anything and I've never been like the most famous person or anything. But I feel like for anybody, no matter your level of fame, no matter how small, once you're on that like radar you're never really really off and mm -hmm. i think that sucks because i feel like people should be able to take themselves out of it at any time if they want to and just be able to have like a normal social media account that nobody really mm -hmm. cares about like that would be nice but it doesn't really happen but yeah for sure there was like a good solid like chunk of five years where i didn't want to do anything in the public eye i just felt like everything i said was being taken out of context and nobody was understanding i didn't want anything to do with it <laughs> i mean nowadays 
do you could you see yourself putting your like going back out on reality television or being more public? No. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after Holly's World, there were a couple pilots I considered, but my kids' privacy is so important to me. Like mm -hmm. I used to post pictures of them when they were babies, but ever since like preschool, I've been really private about them. I just really want to protect my kids. I don't want to ever feel like my love life has to be public if I don't want it to be. And I'm just happier talking about like real life stories that aren't mine. Yeah. Know? And I love that you're getting into crime. I think that's like perfect and you've got a great voice for it. So it's like, I could listen to that all day. Um, you. When you're out and about like just in Hollywood or in Vegas, do people come up to you still? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, all, like, would you say like, if you go out, like every single time you go out, someone says something? Maybe like every other time. And people are usually really nice. Yeah. Can you ever like tell like when someone's like pointing at you or like noticing you from across the way and they're like trying to figure out who you are and you're like, <laughs> just trying Sometimes, to get Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I, I feel like moving out here, I'm from like the East coast and like, I, you know, I've got my little YouTube channel, but it's so like, it's like, uncomfortable feeling sometimes. Like just when you're out and about, especially if you're not like on it and you could, mm -hmm. you know, people will come up to you or will start pointing or like filming me like from across the bar and it's oh, just no, such a... not filming. That's the worst. <laughs> I'm sure they're doing it to you too. You probably just don't notice it. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only time I'm a little more closed off is like when I'm with my kids because I really want to maintain that bubble that like everything's normal. Like sometimes people come up to me and they're like, why did they come up to you? I'm like, I have a YouTube channel. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and to talk a little bit about your kids, um, how are you, I mean, it seems like you're enjoying motherhood, motherhood. I love it. It's amazing. I'm really lucky. Like, I don't know how I got so lucky with like my kids and even like their dad is like amazing. And like we co-parent so well. And it's just like this chunk of my life that I have no complaints about. It's amazing. Like, yeah, well, congrats on that. Cause even like, I remember like talking to you now, I remember you talking on the show about like wanting kids and wanting a family. And I feel like you were destined to be a mother and now you've gotten that. So it's super impressive. Thank you. Absolutely. It's just always something I knew. Like I knew I had a calling to have like at least two kids and that that was going to happen no matter what. Now your first marriage, he, he's not like a entertainer or anything, right? No, he owns an entertainment company. Oh, okay. So um, I was looking into like your, I guess your divorce and everything, and it didn't seem like there was too much like media coverage or like a real big scandal or anything. You guys kind of just fell out of love is from what I read. Yeah, it was just kind of like a growing apart. Like I think the universe brought us together for the reason we were supposed to be together, which is to have our two amazing kids. But we're just very different people as far as like the way we want to live our lives. Like he's very, very social. You know, he throws big festivals for a living and I'm very much a homebody. And like I said, it's hard for me to like enmesh myself into somebody else's life. Like a better match for me is somebody who's going to like let me have a lot of independence and I'm going to respect their independence. And then we kind of come together at the end of the day. But I think for him, a better match would be somebody who's like, you know, the female version of him. <laughs> yeah, like a sidekick. So yeah. now I read online that it seems like you are currently in a relationship with mm -hmm. someone named Zach Bag Baggins. How do you say his last name? Baggins. Baggins. How, how are you guys? We're great. We've been together like off and on for the last four years and he's amazing and I'm really happy. So you're talking about your independence. Like, could you imagine yourself living with a partner again? Yeah, totally. But ideally, you know what I would love in a perfect world is to have like two houses next to each other with like an underground tunnel. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Like, passage. 
So I saw an article came out um, in May from TMZ about you guys like dating kind of random. Did you, did you guys like ask for this article? Like who, who no, like, it's so random. Like <laughs> any coverage we've ever had is random. Like when we first started dating, I had to kind of weed somebody out of my life because if I would say something about us dating, like next thing I know, like he would get a call from TMZ, like wanting to confirm it. And I'm like, okay, so who from this group chat is like running back to TMZ. And then we broke up for a little bit one time. And it was one of those things where you break up with somebody, but you know, you're not really broke up. Like you Mm -hmm. might drift back together. So neither of us really told very many people, but like next thing we know it's on TMZ. So it's like, okay, who we got to weed out. And then randomly it came up again on TMZ in May and it's random because it's not like we even like recently, recently got back together. All I know is that they like called him to confirm. I don't know where they heard it from initially, but I don't mind it though. Like I don't mind if people know, I'd rather people know like we're not super public or showy about our relationship just because like we think that's kind of cringe, especially Mm -hmm. like me after like the really public creepy relationships I've been in. Like I don't love broadcasting things, but it's nice when people know though, cause then you don't feel like you're leading some secret life or something. Yeah. And it's not like you really have like anything to hide. So it's like not the yeah. worst coverage. Um, no, is he an entertainer as well? Yeah. He has a show called ghost adventures. Oh, okay. So you're both over here, like in your little, your little crime couple. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's cute. So throughout your years, like being famous and like with the media, I, I just think it's really fascinating. Like to show, do you ever remember like going to TMZ or going to the media outlets to like leak a story or to drop some news off? Or I always assumed like, honestly, I thought that you, maybe you guys reached out to TMZ and told them like, because who's really motivated to go and do that? I have no idea. <laughs> like your friends too. Like I said, it was random. Cause it's not like we even had like a super recent break. It was random timing, but I, I've done stuff with tabloids before, like back in the Holly's World days, you know, we would set up photo shoots and things like that, just like really innocuous stuff, but never anything where I was like outing a relationship or anything like that, because my goal was always after leaving the mansion to be known for who I was and not for who I was dating. Mm-hmm. But people do that. I mean, I've known people who go hard, like you know, they're a source and they drop stuff all the time, which is fine. I'm not super judgy about it. Cause that's like a big part of people's careers. I just think it's when it involves other people in your life. Or like, if you're trying to start a feud with a friend, just because you need another tabloid hit that week, like I've cut people off for doing that to me. Yeah. Up. And as you should. <laughs> and, um, do you, have you had like a moment? So you did say you cut someone off for that. Like, so you've had a moment where you've realized, like I told this one person, this, they went to the media, they're the one that did it. And I just have to end that friendship. Yeah. And sometimes you got to test people too. Sometimes you got to drop a little something in the text and see if yeah. it's the next day. But, but yeah, I mean, there was somebody I used to be friends with who kind of a big part of her career was being in the tabloids and the tabloid cycle. And then, you know, all of a sudden she was acting weird and I didn't understand why. And it, it turned out like, because what she needed in the tabloid cycle that week was a feud. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm not playing this yeah. game. This is stupid. You never really had any like big public feuds with anyone. Wait, you don't think? Wait, like, I mean, who, I mean, with Hugh, maybe, but like, who have you been fighting with? You seem like you're not. I I mean, I try to be like not carrying it on too much, but I feel like Kendra and I have had like massive years. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. 
no one like outside of playboy world though right like you never you never fought like heidi montage or something no (laughs) just the playboy drama so i do love that you and bridget are um so close because she genuinely seems like a great person like yourself so your podcast girls next level um how did that kind of come about well, it all started when I was doing YouTube reactions to mm-hmm. Girls Next Door, and I would rewatch these episodes, which I hadn't seen in like 15, 20 years, and I would see things that I had forgotten about or things I had questions about. So I am bombing Bridget with these voice notes. Like, all, she's probably like, bitch. And I'm just like, do you remember this or what happened here? Or, oh my God, I forgot this happened. And then we would get into these long back and forth conversations about it. And I'm like, this should just be a podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really- awesome. Mm-hmm. Are you guys like working with like a production company and they like sold it off and it's all like official? No, we work with a company that sells our ad space, but everything oh. else is completely homemade. Like I had to learn to edit and everything by oh. myself. So <laughs> I'm still trying to polish shit right now. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you were first starting to post like on your YouTube channel, I like I was commenting and such and I was like, oh, so excited to see you like doing your own thing and just like putting yourself out there because like, I, I do feel like there's like a cult following that will always follow you. Thank you. So um, talking to Bridget about the, you know, the show and going through these moments all over again, do you feel like that's kind of healing in a way as well? Yeah, it's absolutely healing. It can be stressful sometimes too. Like sometimes we'll go back and like research certain things from the past, just so we're kind of getting as much of the full story as we can. And it brings up like bad feelings or we'll have like random anxiety attacks on the same day. Cause sometimes it can be really stressful bringing it back up, but I feel like the story needs to be told. So we're enjoying it overall. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, it's really an interesting like case study almost when you look at Hollywood and just how, toxic the industry is it's like mm-hmm. you, this is such a very specific niche experience that you had had and that i i think it's great that you and bridget are able to kind of hash it out and talk about these moments because they are important and i think it also speaks to how like evil and dark the industry can be and you know growing up as a kid and watching you on the show like i mean it seemed like the best life ever it seemed like amazing yeah. you know so it's um i think that's really good that you guys give that insight and like a reality check thank you so that's pretty much the questions I have for you. Um, I did want to ask if there's any like projects you are working on or anything you're excited about. I'm just so excited about Girls Next Level podcast. We're probably going to be take we're going to be wrapping up um, season one pretty soon, and we'll be back with season two probably in the fall. And season two of the Playboy Murders will be out I think January 2024. Mm-hmm. And those are the announced things right now that I'm excited about. And my yeah. YouTube. I should start posting again. I think I'm going to start posting on YouTube again um, in August when we have a break from the podcast because I haven't popped back on there in a minute. Yeah, I could see you also doing like maybe a live stream on there and people like send in their comments and they can like send you tips and it's like it's kind of a cute moment. So you should definitely experiment with it. I should try that. I've tried doing lives on TikTok before just briefly. Uh, The only thing I don't like about it is I feel like I'm so slow on the uptake because I'm sitting there reading it and I I feel like there's this weird, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like the best at it, but maybe that just comes with time. Yeah. I mean, I hate going live. It's not my thing. So (laughs) I'll never be caught live. Um, Anyways, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to list Holly's YouTube channel and everything below. Go and check out the podcast. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's so important. I'm so impressed by you. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear your story. Thank you so much for having me. And best of luck with everything. I'm loving your podcast. Thank you. And I'll see you guys in our next episode next week. 
Bye, guys. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.